Bible study time. Are you ready for some old-fashioned Bible study? Let's do this. Hello, everyone. This is Joseph Brownlee, your host of Connecting the Dots. Joseph Brownlee, your host of Connecting the Dots. Excuse the squeaking chair. I'm in one of those <laughs> squeaking chairs and everything. And every time I move the chair, it makes a lot of squeaking noises. So I just apologize for that if it just gets aggravating. But I'm here in a, in a certain setup here that the chair makes a lot of noise. But excuse me for that. Thank you all. Welcome to this show. This is Bible study time. And I'm doing something new since I've been doing podcasts. It's not my first time, uh, you know, teaching verse by verse. But this is something new since I've been doing podcasts on connecting the dots, you know. And uh, and what I'm what I'm going to be doing, if people might ask Joe, what I'm doing, I'm teaching verse by verse out of the Bible, out of the book of Genesis, the early books out of the from from not out of but from the book of Genesis. And uh, if you haven't heard my first uh two teachings on the uh, on the books of Genesis please go back to my previous podcast is on connecting the dots you'll get two previous teachings on the book of Genesis well I just done two teachings the, uh, I've done chapter one is broken down in two sections chapter one is broken down in two sections on the teachings of Genesis the book of Genesis now what I'm going to be doing, is I'm going to be just doing teachings on the early chapters of Genesis, you know, to the beginning. And what I mean by the early chapters, I'm Adam from the beginning creation to Adam and Eve, uh, to to the fall of man, to Cain and Abel, uh, to the uh the Tower of Babel and Noah. And then I'ma just stop right there. Well, we're well, to Noah, the, uh, the Tower of Babel and Noah, and, and et cetera, stuff like that. Well, anyway. Well, I'm going to be basically, I'm not going to, what's something I'm not going to do? I decided not to do, I'm not going to do a teaching on the Tower of Babel, but I will uh, be doing a teaching on Noah. So I, I got a habit of just putting those two together. But what I will be doing, I'll be, I will be doing a teaching out of the book of Noah and the book of Genesis all the way to the last chapter of Genesis. I think it's chapter 10 is the last chapter of, uh, chapter of Genesis. So I will be teaching about that, uh, 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 the Noah, Cain, and Abel, uh, the fall of man, Adam and Eve in creation. Not so much in an order that's just going in the backwards reverse order. So that's what I will be teaching on, the early chapters I like to call them. So what I want, I'd like to get right to this. Because like I say, for the newbies that's tuning in on Connecting the Dots, you're going to get the Bible rightly divided here. What I do on this show, this is just for my new listeners, this is what I do on my show, Okay. And before I explain that, I'd like to say again, hello. Hello to all my listeners that's been listening and tuning in to my show. I'd like to say hello to you all. I appreciate you lending me in your ear, as I always say, and taking time just to listen to my podcast. The ones that's faithful, the ones that just downloaded it for the first or second or third time I said or whatever. I appreciate you for doing that. Also, I would like to just ask you to do me a favor. If you can, share this podcast with anybody that's around you, family members, friends, or Oh, even the fall, you know, share this podcast and so people can uh, get some type of idea of what I'm doing here. But share this podcast with saved people, save it with believers. My 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 recommendations and my preferences for you save this, uh, you share this podcast with believers only for the saved because they might they might need some type of. Uh, 
advice or some type of understanding on how to uh, rightly divide God's word and how to read the Bible and study the Bible. So could you do that for me? I really appreciate that. It's not a mandate. You don't have to, but I just ask that as a uh, request from me, okay, to, to some of my main listeners or some of my hit and run listeners, <laughs> whatever, whatever type of listener you are. If you're not interested in what you hear on this podcast, please share it with someone else. If you And if you're not interested at all, I don't expect you to share it with no one else, but that's okay too, all right? But you know, just I just get my stuff out there, so I just ask that. Okay, the book of Genesis, like I said, uh, I'm in a, a pretty much quiet area right now, so it should not be too many distractions, uh, in this area because the area I'm in is more like an office area, you know, and it's, uh, it's set up that way. So it's a little more quieter than the library. And, uh, hopefully you don't hear any, you shouldn't, well, hopefully you should not hear any ambulances unless it's real loud because they penetrate like that or a lot of, uh, other loud noises and talking and stuff like that. That's going to distract you. Okay. Oh, excuse me. Besides my crazy sounds in my sinuses, which is always acts up, acts up when I start reading or teaching the Bible, I get clogged up. It never fails. So that's why you hear me <clears throat> making that sound like that because I'm clearing my throat and I'm not blowing my nose. I'm not going to get that gross and grotesque on here, but I just clear my throat and it just comes. I, it just happens when I just get to talking. Okay. All right. The book of Genesis. Now for the ones that's uh that's been listening to my podcast. You just uh I just concluded the God's secret. Hey, I concluded God's secret and everything, and that's been a blessing. And I, I, I uh, and I recommend you to get the book by Marianne Manley. I like to I recommend you to please buy her books or books plural. She has many different teaching books that help a lot of a lot of you all out, like it has helped me. And I just completed and co- and concluded God's secret. What I'm doing now, I'm reading out of my Bible, the King James Bible, uh, and I'm doing verse-by-verse verse Bible reading now, and I'm going to be doing that more more and more on this podcast, you know, different Bible verses. Now, a lot of uh, Bibles, I will not be reading the four chapters. I will let you know in advance if I will be reading the four chapters and everything like that. I will be reading most of them. Uh, the, most of the Bible that I will be reading when it comes to four chapters, because their shorter chapters will be like the, the epistles of Paul, the letters of Paul's and everything. Ephesians, Colossians, Galatians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, Philemon, 1st and 2nd Timothy, etc. and Titus, and whatever like that, you know. But that that's going to take some time. So, but just give me a little time and I will be getting into verse by verse Bible reading, Bible study, but mostly Bible study, you know, okay. Let's get into this. Let's go get into chapter two of Genesis. Now, before I start in chapter two, let me give you just a little overview of what I have taught in chapter one. Uh, like I said, it's best to just go back to my last podcast and get, to get a, a good overview and a breakdown of what I have taught in chapter one. But remember when I left, chapter one is breaking down the creation. It breaks down the uh, the beginning where God created the heaven, heaven as singular, heaven and earth, etc. The earth was without form and void, etc. and stuff like that. And I broke down my my interpretation what I think form and void means. I mean, I think God when God created the earth, it has not, it was not filled yet. It's just like when you building a house, you have to build a you build a foundation, and then you build a frame. 
whether it's wood, whether it's metal or fencing or whatever like that. It's empty. It's nothing around. It's nothing to fill it. There's nothing to fill it. So that's the way I looked at as God created the heaven and the earth. I could be wrong. I, this could be an error, but I don't see nothing else in here. And when I don't see nothing else in here that's proven otherwise, like some people believe the Bible is older than 6,000 or 7,000 years old. I don't really believe that, but I, I could be wrong and I could be right. And they have different reasons for that because of the fall of man. I just, I'm just giving you what I see right here. It said the, the Bible, it said in the beginning, now this is verse one of Genesis. It said in the beginning, God it's good to hear that paper moving, isn't it? <laughs> it tells me, I'm, you know, you're going through your Bible. I hope you have your Bibles with you as well to go along with me. And it says, in the beginning, verse 1 of Genesis, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Heaven is singular and the earth. Okay? And the and the earth was without form. I mean, it was unformed and void and darkness. That means when he made it, in my opinion, he just didn't fill it in yet. All that came in later. I could be wrong, but this is what I see it from there. Then I got into uh, a little short, little short, uh, something I have noticed in the Bible when it says God. Now, God, G-O-D, capital G, is mentioned from the first chapter all the way up to the fourth verse in chapter two. God, God created this. God saw that it was good. God said, let there be like God made the firm, the firm to meet the space skies, etc. like that. God called. God said, it's all God. And, and, and a few weeks ago, I was looking at that. I said, mm, that's very interesting that God is just mentioned singular in here. Now, I know God's triune, but I'm just, I'm not trying to get real deep to get you confused for the newbies for now, but God is mentioned over 29 times in the first chapter of Genesis, God, Yahweh, uh, Elohim, Adonai, Jehovah, you know, uh, is mentioned over 29 times in the first chapter of Genesis. Then he's, it goes about until the fourth verse, it goes to God as well. Then it is transformed to Lord God. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me digress. And I just counted it, and it was 33 times. And I was wondering what's something to that. And I was getting deeper and deeper in chapter threes, and it went to Lord. And I was wondering, was there something to that? And I was looking for up word meanings because I'm getting into too more, uh, getting into more and word meaning because I'm, I'm more focused on the King James Bible. And I'm getting into more word meaning and word translations and word understanding and stuff like that. So that'll help me to uh, understand when I do a study on God's word. Because a lot of times when I read the Bible now, I do more of a study. I'm just stopping and looking at everything now. And I think that's just me growing as I get older, I grow now. I don't just want to read it until I can understand what I'm really reading, until I can get a good comprehension and know that I'm really reading. I'm really getting an understanding of what I'm reading. You see what I'm saying? That's what I'm trying to do. So when I read the Bible from now on, I make sure I study. If I'm going to read books, I make sure I get a, a good understanding of what has been said contextual-wise and exegesis-wise, in other words, especially when you're reading the King. James Bible. Joe, why you say that? The reason I said it when the King James Bible, because the King James Bible, old English language, a lot of the words are different now that we don't use no more, but they still have a certain meaning and they're just used in a different way or called a different way. Therefore, they broken down in their own Greek, the original Greek, the real Greek. Remember I said you have false Greek and you have uh, real Greek, in other words. What I mean by that, uh, 
you know, it's just the Greek is can be translated 38, 40, 50, so many different times. You know, it depends on the context of where you want to put it in. And that's why, you know, I have a somewhat of an issue with a lot of other translations. Uh, so, you know, I know your horns might be going up or your antennas. And I have an issue with other translations because even though a lot of them are easy on the eyes, and what I mean by that, they're easy readers. And, you know, that don't mean, and you can understand what it's saying. That does not mean it's the correct breakdown. It does not mean it's the correct Greek and Hebrew. You know what I'm saying? So we have to understand. That's why I'm focused more on the King James Bible uh, understanding. And I didn't take, I'm taking my chances to believe that King James Bible is the preserved word of God. And I believe that 100%. I'm not saying it's the best to everybody, but I'm just saying it's the best translation to me once I get to learn, once I learn how to understand the old English literature and break down the words and stuff like that. Okay, let me, I like to just, you know, get things in a format so you can know where I'm going when it comes to reading and studying the Bible verse by verse. This is a reading and studying. And I believe if you're reading something to someone, if they do not understand, you have to break it down what certain passages or verses mean, correct? You agree with that? It's not like reading a book. The Bible is very different when you're reading the Bible, the Word of God, the King James Version. And uh, when you read it, you said, Joe, why you keep saying the King James Version? Because people always say the King James Version is the most difficult to read. And then once, the, once they find out, they say I was one of the best because, you know, the beauty of the poetry and uh, uh, the wording in, in, in this book is, is in there for a reason. With the 47 different translators and scholars that broke down this book and that's translated with the original Greek and the original Hebrew. You know, so once you understand, I'm finding this out myself, uh, when you understand the King James Bible, it seems like it comes more alive. The word of God come, becomes more alive to you. You also get convicted more in the King James Bible, I believe, more than other translations. And I'm not putting other translations down, but I don't believe they just the word that uh, the the. the uh, Unless you got a good study notes and whatever like that. If it's close to the King James Bible, it's okay. But I'm finding out and I'm learning more that there's a lot of deities that's tucking out of a lot of the different translations, NIV, NSAB, even in the Living Bible that I, I read, you know, just for a little paraphrase translation. But I don't use it as a study, as a study blanket for anything like that, you know, I just use it as a translation. You know, you got the ESV, you got the different thing, you got the new King Jimmy, they call it. And uh matter of fact, I'm going to be doing a little study on that, and I'm going to be presenting it to you all, you know, the different the differences between the King James Bible and the other translations. And then you go from there how you feel. You know, when you get this breakdown, because I'm going to do my research and I got, you know, someone that I'm going to get the research in front that's really going to break this down. Why they believe the King James Version Bible is the preserved word of God. I'm learning 
to believe the King James Bible is to preserve run the word of God. I'm learning even more since I've been learning how to rightly divide. And I'm seeing the truth in that, what they're saying. But me, I'm like this. I'm stubborn. I like to see things for myself. I like to find out things for myself. Not so much for what somebody have told me because I got deceived so many times. I have to see these things for myself. And what, and then let the Holy Spirit show me. Therefore, the only way I know if this is a preserved word of God, I have to get my face into this. Bible and study it and learn about the old English and the wordy. That's the only way compared to other translations. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. All right. Genesis. I said all that. I'm always trying to give a teaching before teaching. <laughs> I just got that teacher in me, you know, and, uh, and I just thank God for that. So sometimes I can over also I can over be over analytical and I can over analyze things too much, so I have to work on that as well. But Genesis, let's get into this. Genesis two, I'm going to start off with. I, I read through Genesis one. There was a creation, okay. That was about the creation and stuff like that. Okay, let me. I was. I said I was going to uh, tell you something or break down the Bible when it comes to uh, Genesis one and two. I have noticed this myself. No one told me this or nothing like that. This this revelation came to me, and I've been reading the Bible quite a bit, you know, not all the way through, you know. It's just I've been reading the Bible. I read Genesis several times, you know, all the way through the end of the book, Genesis to Joseph. I have been reading the Bible, okay? And uh, the more... I start learning how to dispensationally rightly divide God's word. The Holy Spirit have been showing me in my spirit, showing me how to read his word. Now, I don't get this out of the living Bible, the other translation that I read sometimes, not as much. I very seldomly read it, but I still like the living Bible when it comes to if it, if it's trend, if it's, uh, agreeing, if, if it's agreeing with the King James Version. And I use it for a more clear paraphrase, you know, for, you know, some of my listeners and even myself at times. But I know I have to be careful. I know I have to be careful. And some things I have noticed myself because the way I read the Bible now with my slow reading and uh, purposely slower reading and trying to really look at the wording, you know, I can see the errors in the Living Bible. I, which I did not see at first. I can see the errors where a lot of the, uh, some of the grace teachers and other, uh, you know, uh, King James Bible only uh, readers have been saying, have been teaching, you know, or have been, you know, writing books about it and stuff like that. I heard about the books, but I just can't go back that I have to see it myself. So finally, with my own reading and all my own studying, I'm seeing a lot of errors and the even living Bible, which I think is is better than some of other the translations out there. I know they got the amplified and English verse. I heard good things about them, but what I'm saying, my thing is what I want to do. For each is on. I want to focus. You ain't going to hell because you read another translation. Let me get that right. You're not reading false doctrine because you you got you reading another translation. Let's get that right and everything like that. Now, when it comes to dear dear Jesus, you do need to question that, or you just skip that, and, and they omit a lot of certain things that's in the King James. I believe you need to question that. No doubt about that, because a lot of translations omit a lot of things, verses, and they have their reason why. 
I have a problem with that. I used to believe they know what they're talking about. I used to believe, yeah, the King James got some error. That's why they got these new translations, because it's really correcting the errors in the King James Bible. That's what I was taught. Maybe you have been taught that way, too. That's what I was taught, because these other translations are written to correct the errors in the King Jimmy Bible, the King James Bible. That's what I have been taught in the past. I took it as a grain of salt. But at the same time, it was just something always about the King James Bible that I love. Not only is poetry and its literary way that it, it, it reads out and breaks down, but I, always, I also got convicted more. I know that's probably surprising in the King James Bible than any other of the translations. They might have been saying the same thing correctly, but it's something about the wording in the King James Bible. I don't even know if it's supernatural or what, but it's something about the wording and a penetration. It penetrates you more harder, whether it's talking about love or whether it's talking about conviction or thou shalt not do. It convicts you, you know, and stuff like that more than the, uh, the translation that I have been reading. This is what the experience I'm getting of learning how to read the King James Bible. Okay. This is not a teaching about the King James. The reason I keep saying this is because I'm reading a Bible verse by verse, and I have to be careful the way I read the Bible. I'd rather read a Bible that's older than these newer translations and has been known since 1611 through the original manuscripts. You know, <coughs> original manuscripts has been proven is still the most read Bible. I think the NIV is coming up there. That's a deception. I, I, I just do not like the NIV, the New International Version. King James Bourbon Bible is still the most trusted Bible in the world. I believe that. If, if if you go by survey, I believe the King James Bible is okay. All right, and that's why I want. I'm just why I'm going about about this. I'm letting you know that I'm going to be reading out the King James Bible, and I try to break it down the best way I can through the little word study that I got. Okay, now I read Genesis one. I'm going to get into Genesis two, but before I get into Genesis two, I took up a lot of time with my over explaining everything or whatever like that like I have to do that so just I'm gonna just use about 10 more minutes getting to the second chapter give me 10 more minutes maybe 15 10 or 15 more minutes okay because this is very important why I explain things like that you know sometimes I over explain okay but okay let's get right to it now in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth all that was broken down in um, the first chapter of Genesis I'm going to start in Genesis 1 and 26. And the reason I'm doing that because I'm going to show you why. It says in uh, Genesis 1 26, and God said, Let us make man in our image, after the likeness, after our likeness, excuse me, and let them have dominion over the fish. And I see, remember, I broke down what I believe our likeness is. I believe our likeness means the likeness of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I believe it's talking about the triune, the Trinity. Some people more likely uh, understand that term, triune. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air. The fowl means the um uh, the fowl means the birds of the air, over the fowl or over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. Creeping thing means the insects, you know, the bugs and the insects and the little tiny, tiny creatures like that. Creepy things. I believe that's what this is saying right here. 
So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God created he male. His own image, you mean like his image is like, it's not looking like God. Not, you just look just like God, but just God's ways, God's image. When the name of God is invisible, we will see the, uh, the real form of God when we get to the heavenly places, the body of Christ. Okay. God created he, him, male and female created he, them. Remember, I made a point about God created male and female. Male and female. This is a foretaste of what's going to happen in uh, chapter 2. God created male and female. Uh, I believe the female was already in male already, but this is just uh, giving you a, uh, I would like to say a parenthesis or a breakthrough of what's going to, what's going to be really happening in chapter 2. So blah, blah, blah. I went through that male and female. God created he, them, and God blessed them, and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply. That means have, you know, children and different things and multiply, subdue the earth, and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish and the sea. You mean you have leadership and you have dominion over them and over the the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb berry seed which is upon the face of all the earth. Remember I'm reading again in chapter uh chapter one of Genesis, Genesis in the beginning. And every tree and the which is the fruit of the tree yielding seed to you, it shall be for meat. Remember meat and these verses in the beginning of Genesis, meat means just food. Because there was no meat eating them. All the animals was carnivorous. That meaning meaning if I'm not pronounced if I'm pronouncing it right, they wasn't eating flesh or nothing like that then. They were just mostly vegetarians, all vegetarians, animals and Adam and Eve. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird, fowl means bird of the air or whatever flying thing in the air and to everything that creepeth, the little creatures that crawls, bugs and insects, ants and the earth wherein there is life. I have given every green herb for meat, I'm just going to say for food, and it was so. And blah, blah, blah. 31. And God saw everything that he has made was good. Good. Remember, I explained good. Anything God made is good, perfect. Now, anything that God made made is perfect. And it says good, but anything God made is good. Translate that good to perfect. And the evening of the morning, and there was the sixth day. God done all this on the sixth day. Now, let's get into chapter two. This is interesting because Chapter two, and I was leading, I was reading on some, I don't do, I don't read a lot of commentaries, but I like to give a person's due, you know, I don't like to take nobody's saying or and use it for the glory like I made it up. I like to be honest and give a person's due, and this person was speaking certain things. I already seen this myself, but I'd like to uh, get somebody else comment that's probably more, got a deeper arm and do a lot of more, have done a little more deeper research uh, than myself, but I already seen this. I noticed, and it seemed like there's two creations. It seemed like it's a contradiction. I have seen this myself, but I, I read a commentary that's just confirmed what I was already believing. So I had got a confirmation, you know. But it, you know what? The reason I'm saying this is because reading the Bible slowly, even if you read certain verses and or certain chapters or certain books, you probably read right through it real fast. You know, you probably read right through it real fast. And you got great readers out there. You got great orators out there. Like uh, I used to listen to Alexander Scorby that uh, reads the Bible through and everything. They got James Earl Jones. They got other great people that uh, read the Bible. And they, they're very good. They're very clear and they're very good orators. But they read it. They don't study it. They don't break it down what it means. So it's good to hear it, but you still have no idea what is what it means. 
because they're not they're there just to read it. They're like actors. They just reading the script. And some of them are not saved. They just read it as a script. They like the wording of it, but they don't break it down and let you know what it means. You know, so it's kind of deceptive. Not on their part, but to the hearer. It takes more than reading the Bible. You must understand what the Bible is saying, and you must, we must understand what the Bible means. Agree? Okay. Now you get into the second chapter. And I'm gonna start the second chapter. And then I'm going I'm to I'm start reading and I'm going to stop at four. Okay. Thus the heavens now, it says the heaven. Remember in the, uh, the uh, chapter one, it said in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Okay, remember that. He created heaven in the beginning and created the earth. And we broke that down in chapter one. But when you get to chapter two, it said then the he thus the heavens, it goes plural. If you got the King James, any other translation got heavens all through the beginning. They got heavens in the beginning. I don't care what translation you got, the NIV, the ASB, NIV, the New Living Translation, the New King Jimmy, whatever. They go with heavens, most other translations. But heavens doesn't occur in the King James Bible for a reason until the second chapter. Okay, and it said, thus, the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. Now it's heavens. Why? Because in the beginning, he created just the heaven. We get to chapter two, he created all the other firmness, the sky and blah, blah. And uh, the, uh, the first heaven and the second heavens, which is the outer space and the stars and stuff like that. So it becomes heavens. He done three heavens. So the heavens was created. That's why it, called, it turns into heavens. According to what I'm seeing and what I'm reading out of out of the King James, okay? You can only really get this out of the King James. It's very incredible. At least to me, this is what I see. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished. He's finished with the heavens and the earth and all the host of them, what, everything else he have created. Heavens, plural. He's finished with the heavens, okay? Second verse on chapter 2. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. Now, let's go to the word rested. Rested does not mean God was tired. God does not get tired. So let's remember, resting does not mean God was tired. It just means he was finished of what he done when he came to the heavens and his creation. God was finished on the seventh day. He done all that on the seventh day. You know, how long was the seventh day? How long did it take? You know, it does not explain that, but it could be the seventh day. God could have done this, all this in one action, but he done it in seven days for one reason or the other. I don't know, but God is omniscient, all powerful, powerful and omnipresent. You know, he could have done it that day, but he chose to do it in seven days for a reason. I don't really know yet, but he done all this in seven days, but I know he could have done it a blink of an eye. So God rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. God stopped. He finished. Don't get rested mixed up with tired. Okay? It means like we get tired. God does not get tired. He's all powerful, all knowing. He's all mighty. So he rested. He, he stopped. Verse 3. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because it because that and, and he had rested from all his work which or he has stopped or he finished all his work which God created and made. Now, a lot of churches and we got a lot of our traditions of resting on Sunday from this. 
a lot of our traditional resting on Sundays, I believe, came from this. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. The seventh day is a Sunday in man's eyes. You know, not looking at the Jewish calendar, but America, we use the seventh day as a rest day, a Sunday for us to worship God. You know, that's that's what, you know, a lot of churches and denominational traditions get this from. And this verse right here, because that it, that in it he was rested, or he finished all his work, which God created and made. Okay, now this is the verse I wanted everybody to pay attention to, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time with this because I'm going to break this down because I spent so much time uh, talking about a lot of other things, uh, you know, about the King James Bible, why I do what I do, and why I believe what I believe. Okay, these are the generations of the heavens. Plural heavens and of the earth. Mostly he said heavens and on the earth. Okay. When they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heaven. Now, what you have heard me read in chapters one about creation. That's not the actual time that was happening. That was just like a breakdown. Let me put it this way. It's just like you say, well, I went to the store yesterday and I bought this and I bought this. And then we made this food this way. My 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 wife made a cake and she made it and she split it in two. And then my sons came over and blue, blue, we had a family, a family gathering or whatever like that. We just decided to also go on a trip and go to the beach and blah, 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 blah. You understand what I'm saying? That's like this. The chapter one was when it was talking about creation. It wasn't actually happening then because if you think that that it was, you would get confused in chapter two. Because this is going to be a format of almost going over the same thing, except when it comes to creating the heaven and the earth. I hope you understand what I'm saying. So chapter 2 is the generations of his building. Chapter 2, as one uh, commentator said, he believes it's just the way Adam, this is Adam's experience of how it happened in order. I don't ain't no hundred percent proof on that, but it's a it's a it's yeah it makes a lot of sense. I don't know, but what I'm looking at it, this is what I look. I'm just looking at it. This is just the actual breakdown of partial of the creation. Why do I say partial? Because it's not talking about the heaven and the earth. It's going to go right through a lot of repeat of you know what is said in chapter one. Okay, so let me just read it. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that in it he had rested from all the work which he created and made. Verse 4 and chapter 2. These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Okay. Okay, hold on one second. Let me get my clearer glasses. I got my dark glasses on. And it's kind of a little bit too dark. And uh, so I'm going to put, uh, give me a little second here, my clear glasses on. And maybe that can, I can see it a little better. Okay. Yeah, this is a little better. A little too bright. That's why I have the dark ones on. These are the generations of the heavens of the earth. In other words, it's almost saying this is the generations. This is the story. Blah, blah, blah. And the Bible talks about in Genesis uh, sometimes and when you talk about the ages and different things like that. Or the lines of families like it does in, I think, uh, chapter 3 of Genesis. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth. This is what this is the chronological format it went in. Not chapter one. 
Okay, let's get this together. Ver chapter one is not the chronological format. It's just telling you what God done in the beginning and blah, blah, blah. Because therefore, you would think that Adam and Eve was created at the same time, according to chapter one and verse 26. You would think that Adam and Eve, was that verse 26? Let me see that again. No, that's 27. I'm sorry. You would believe that Adam and Eve was created at the same time. When you say God created, he he, him, male, and female. It sounds like they were created at the same time. You will get confused when I get through reading this. Okay, let's read. And then I'm going to break it down and I'm going to stop. And God blessed the seven day. I went through that. This is for these are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, plural now, heavens, plural, and every plant of the field before it was in the earth and every herb of the field before it grew for the Lord God. Now, here is Lord God. Remember I said it was saying God in chapter one. Now, chapter two, all the way, not all the way through, but mostly going all the way through three is going to say Lord God. There's a reason for that. I really believe it sounds more personal. See, it sounds more personal. It was God. In the beginning, God created. God done this. God made this. God said, you know, Jehovah Elohim, he said, when we get to uh, chapter 2 and the King James Bible, I'm talking about the King James Version now, you can only really see this, I believe. Maybe other translations, but I don't believe it's the King James, you know. You can see, it goes, uh, verse 4, Lord God. Now, to me, it sounds like it's more personal, and it could be a possibility that Adam is given his experience of what went down. So it's Lord God. Lord God is more personal than just God. It's like God giving you a picture, then Adam just breaking down what God has done. It sounds more personal to me, Lord God. You know, that's just my opinion. And the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. It's really something to look into when it comes to reading the Bible. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth. And every herb of the field before it grew. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth. And there was not a man to till the ground. It never rained. God did not cause it to rain. Things was growing without the rain coming out of the sky. Okay, that's what it means that God did not cause it to rain upon the earth. And there was not a man to till the ground. Let's go up again. The, now, and every plant of the field before it was in the earth. And every herb of the field before it grew. Okay, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. His name wasn't Adam yet. He just So this is talking about the man, okay? Before his name, he was called Adam. And there was not a man to till the ground. But you know the man, they're going to come later, is going to be Adam. Okay, verse 6. But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. Okay, so... God did not cause it to rain. It did not rain. There was no rain that made the veggies and the natural herbs and stuff grow. There was a mist. God caused a mist that came up from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. See, it wasn't the rain coming down that done it. It was a mist coming from us under. Something about the rain coming down that came down. You know, rain came down and when the flood started and started being destroyed, that was the first time rain came from the sky. You know, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. But there was not rain that made the, the veggies and the plants and, a, uh, and, a, and a, uh, the... Uh, the veggie life grow like that. It was a mist that was watered from the earth that made it grow. You know, spring slot, spring, you know, opened up from under the earth and it watered from the bottom. You know, something very incredible. Only God can do. And the Lord God, again, not God, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. Now, 
the reason I'm I'm going here seven. It says the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. But if you go up to uh, chapter one, it says in twenty seven. So God created man in His own image. Do not think that this happened twice. God did not create man twice. Don't get chapter one and chapter two and mix it up together because it would make a big confusion to the average listener that's listening to you. You want to break it down that. Chapter one is just a breakdown, a real fast, almost like a, a shoot through cliff note of what what happened. And then chapter two is actually uh, a view or maybe in Adam's eyes or whatever of what really happened in a chronological order that it really happened. So man was actually formed and made in chapter two, not chapter one. You understand that. Okay, you understand. I hope you understand. Keep going over this audio and you can get a better understanding. Okay, let me hurry up. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. I'm going to stop right there because of time constraints. I already got 40 minutes in, you know. And I'm going to start right there. And I'm going to break down uh, uh, chapter 7 when it said, uh, God, the Lord God, formed man in the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils. And then I'm going to break down and what I, what I believe that he was saying and what I have studied to understand what that breath of life really means, you know, that he breathed into man, okay? All right, this is Joseph Brownlee, your host of Connecting the Dots. I hope you're getting something out of this study of Genesis. Uh started in the second chapter. I'm trying to explain it the best way I can so you can understand the Bible in the early parts of Genesis probably for the first time or you're getting a better understanding as well as myself as the Holy Spirit lead us when we have an open heart. Stay tuned for another study on the book of Genesis. Genesis, I will be continuing straight through. I will not be doing a lot of talking, so get prepared so I will Read off in verse 7, chapter 2 and 7 on the next segment. So just hold on. That's coming up next. God bless you all. This is Joseph Brownlee of Connecting the Dots on my study on the early books of Genesis. God bless you. Stay tuned. Bye-bye. Peace out.